Movies. Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I'm not a big boy. I'm just Kristen Chung. <laughs> wow. Hi. Our first ever non-boy big boy finally <laughs> graces our ears. Oh, uh, wait. Am I, am I your first girl? You are our first uh, big girl. Big girl. Yes. yes. Wow. We're officially uh, not sexist. Yeah, yeah, we've done it, everyone. <laughs> we've broken the glass ceiling, and we've incru- included uh, all women. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here to represent all women. Yes, Kristen <laughs> is are. every woman. No pressure, it's all in her. I hate feminism. Ha! Oh, nice. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm peeking like yeah. I'm peeking like crazy. Let me Nobody adjust this oh microphone real quick. Come on, baby. I'm sorry, my Ruining microphone's... the episode with your peaking. No, no, your it's fine. How do, you, okay. how do you find out if you're peaking? Uh, I, on my, my computer program, Audacity. Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, no, it's fine. Audacity's pretty sensitive. I've got it on lock now. Um, Does your so microphone glow, BB, by the way? I know the my, listeners can't hear this, but your microphone looks n- like it's glow or see it. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, they can't. Right. They can't hear the glow of my microphone. It does glow red. Um, wow. Oh, I said I would shout out Charlie. He did give me this microphone. Oh, that's uh, nice. It's not as big of a solid because he did just steal this microphone from Echo Fox. Oh, damn. Um, so you don't have like a sponsor, no in that's getting you all this no. nice setup stuff? No, this, we will one this, day. It, we will. Yeah, one day. One day I'm going to have 40 microphones around every <laughs> angle of my face. And I'll be able to do 5D ASMR movie podcast. Oh, my God. That'd I'm waiting. Sick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, just so everyone knows, we are all social distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, John, right. John and I made a point to make sure we were on opposite coasts uh, <laughs> to be extra, extra safe. Um, and we're all remote. Marty, of course, is uh, still in Kansas. Haven't heard from him recently, honestly. Kind of scared. Uh, I'm sure he's fine. Uh, Marty's got at least four thousand cans of beans. Last I saw, so oh yeah, he's, he's all he's all set. Beans. He's always oh my god, his giant sack of canned beans that he's just constantly walking around with. He's How do you know about these beans if you haven't seen him? Well, before the whole thing, he gave yeah. me one of the. You know how John has he ever like video called you in the middle of the night? And been like, John, John, I got I got more beans. And you're like, Marty, it's 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, come Marty, on. Marty, how is the store open? That seems illegal yeah. right now. The man's nuts. He brought all those beans to the Oscars, too. You couldn't see them because they were just out of the, <laughs> of the camera, but ridiculous. Those were like, that was, uh, th- those were loose beans. Like, they yeah. weren't in a can anymore. He yeah, no, he was pocket. just sitting in a puddle of wet beans. <laughs> That's disgusting. I already oh, yeah. <laughs> I already hate beans in a can already, and now this is even grosser. Yeah, and this crisis has ev- has elevated your hatred for canned beans. Yeah, no yeah. one could find any canned beans before the outbreak, but now there's definitely no way. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. Marty. Marty got them all. I did get yelled at at the store for getting three cans of corn. You're only allowed to get two. <gasps> oh, and yeah. Being selfish, yeah. Yeah, the... The checkout lady was like, "No, no, not three. <laughs> oh shit! Was it away. was it Trader Joe's? No, it was Wegmans. Oh, uh, okay, <gasps> Wegmans. Yeah, John. John gets to live near Wegmans. Oh man, East Coast the bastard. Baby. Wegmans. Yeah, I think it's weird that we're all East Coasters, but some of us are in the West. John's yeah. not even really an East Coaster. What? I'm a, I'm a Midwester. Oh. Midwesterner. 
Michigan. Yeah, Nasty. Mich- You've made yeah. a liar out of me my first time on the show, and I yeah. don't appreciate this. <laughs> I've tricked God you. God damn it, John. <laughs> <laughs> He's fooled us all once again. <laughs> I'm wearing an out Los Angeles hat with a Michigan shirt. I just need some Boston on me. <laughs> yeah, and you got a Korean poster in, in your room. Yeah, so I could be from anywhere. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no one re- no one knows his true origin. Yeah, but since, since uh, we're all inside, we're social distancing, um, and there is a, a little bit of a disaster, or crisis of sorts going on. I think uh, we decided to go with a little theme while we're doing this as uh, mm-hmm. some sort of disaster apocalypse types move, type movies, which you read the title. We're doing Snowpiercer today. Of yeah. course. Hype. Hype train. <laughs> Very hype. Uh, hype train, but- because it's a train. Yes, and we did not. We settled on Snowpiercer partially because um, the world is ending, and we need to be prepared for when we are boarded onto the train. Mm-hmm. Um, we, wow, we, that is so presumptuous of you to think that you would be on the train. Hey, they let Chris Evans on that train for free. Yeah, I think Chris I could sneak in a caboose. Babies. Yeah, I'd I'd eat a baby <laughs> if it meant I could be on that train. Be, you are the baby that would be eaten. That's true. That's fine. Well, then I would be like, hey. Y'all can eat me if you let me on the train. Yeah. I mean, as long as the train is... I, whoever des- I hope Bung Joon-ho is the one deciding who goes on the train or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's his, well, actually, it's not his idea, right? This was originally like a French oh, yeah, it was. Yes, it was, it was yeah. a French uh, graphic novel that uh, this is based off of. Interesting. Um, but other than... Uh, oh, also, the other reason we did Snowpiercer is because we've been on a Bong Joon-ho kick, and I was like, oh, why don't we watch Snowpiercer? We were going to watch uh, The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, but that costs $20 on Amazon. And to rent. You don't even get to yeah. keep it. Yeah, it's $20 to rent on Amazon, and that's more than going to a theater. Not that that's an option right now. Exactly, um, yeah. So we were like, eh, let's just do whatever. No one cares. Let's just jump. <laughs> let's, let's board the train. You know, let's hop on the Polar Express. Exactly. This is my favorite adaptation of the Polar Express. Oh, yeah. This is really Polar good. Express 2, Apocalypse Now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but, John, when in that brief moment where we thought we would watch Invisible Man, the Elizabeth Moss 2020 uh, Blumhouse horror masterpiece, I assume. Movie of the year um, so far. Yes. So. Movie, movie, rentable movie of the year for sure. Um, you you did a little thing uh, with the movies that you watched this week, so I figure we yeah. can jump into that. Yeah. So since we were going to watch uh, the Invisible Man twenty twenty, uh, I knew the Invisible Man nineteen thirty three was a classic that all all people who love film should watch or something like that. <laughs> Um, but I had I didn't know what it was until Marriage Story because he wears the Invisible Man costume for Halloween. Um, but this movie was uh, pretty good. It's an old movie. It's super quick. It's seventy minutes. It's an hour and ten minutes. Wow! Uh, wow! Not even feature length. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a nice it's a nice quick one, honestly. Um, and it's the same director as like the original Frankenstein and stuff. So it's got similar vibes to that type of story. I feel like. Um, but it's good. It's like one of those movies you watch and you're like, oh, that's where, that's where that's from. Like it, a bunch of stuff you've watched takes from this movie sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that, that was referencing to this movie. Um, uh, many times that happened while I was watching the film. So, so it what's good. it actually about? Like, is, is there actually a man who's invisible? Yes. It is about oh. a scientist. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, 
scientist who turns himself invisible and then <laughs> immediately becomes mad with power. He he's like, "Oh, I'm invisible. I can take over the world immediately." I feel like I feel Whoa. like I've seen an anime about this, but it's just like instead of do, like going mad with power, he's just like peeping on girls. Is that not what happens in this movie? Oh, absolutely not. There are, I Really? Ex- I expect the there 30s. to be a lot more sexism. I did not expect it, there was no peeping Tom. He did not care about having sex. Or That's not doing, realistic. That's yeah, not he realistic. Care. All he no, cared this about is a was true, power. This is murder. a true man. Yeah. He, is committed, he is committed to his craft and will not be distracted. He literally was super obsessed with murder. He was like, I can oh. murder people now. That's what I would do, yeah, <laughs> if I was invisible. Did someone tell him that the bodies he murders aren't also invisible? invisible? <laughs> He's like, they'll never catch me, though. You know? I guess that's true. I guess that's fair. Uh, as long as he doesn't get any blood on himself, uh, you know, so they can actually see him. Yeah, uh, I thought it was, I want to ask. No, you got. I thought it was just my the most. I think the costume was the most impressive part of this movie. Like it was super clever, um, dressing like is, it's iconic. Dressing him up in this like full tuxedo, and then he it's reveal he takes it off and he's nothing. It's like revealed he's invisible. It's pretty oh, cool. oh! I thought you meant his like invisible outfit. I was like, you mean? Are you saying this sarcastically? No, like no. he <laughs> yeah, yeah. wearing nothing. <laughs> that would be a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he now he wears this full full suit because he's he's smart. He's like, oh, if, if I want people to see me, I just wear clothes, and then people know. What about his face? Um, he wraps it up in like bandages, and like when he first walked in, he was all wrapped up in bandages, and people were like, whoa, something fucked up happened to that guy, um, ah. and they all thought yeah. it got into like some accident. Yeah, so John, if you want to complete the Invisible Man uh, cinematic universe, obviously you have to watch this Elizabeth Moss movie. You are also unfortunately going to have to watch uh, Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon, okay. where you see Kevin Bacon's dick. Um, yeah. I thought and he was supposed to be invisible, though. Why? You see the dick when he, he, has to, he gets naked, and he's like, put the invisible juice in me. And they do it, and he turns invisible like layer by layer. But so not first, his dick. No, but his dick as well. So, like, his skin disappears, and then you see his muscles disappear. Ew. And, yeah, you see his, like, circulatory system disappear. So it's it's that whole sequence. And in that sequence, you see the dick di- disappear to reveal the under oh, flesh dick. Great. Uh, it's nasty. Um, see, and I, that's I, why you have to watch it. And that's why you have to watch it. This, I already hate it. Like, in The Invisible Man, you literally never see the main character. Like, oh. and it's, and this, oh, that's I, clever. I know, I know you had Kevin Bacon, but mm-hmm. this, uh, they had Claude Rains, who was a big, he was a big guy for, for the day. He was the star of Casablanca, Lawrence of Arabia. Like this was a star and they hit him the whole time. They just, you wow. just heard his voice. <laughs> when you're that yeah. good, you don't need to be seen. Yeah, I know. Could you imagine if like a single Marvel actor actually like committed to wearing their mask the whole movie? Wow. That would be nuts. Brilliant. They should have done that for the last oh. Star Wars. I don't know why they didn't just put Kylo they, Ren in the mask the whole time. You know? Yeah, no, they should have really just committed. Don't like, bring he, this back to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Don't you dare. Uh, we will go on forever. So it, that's a nice transition. Uh, so I, uh, Kristen and I recently, uh, I rewatched Parasite. Kristen saw it for the first time. Um, and before that, I did go on an entire rant about Star Wars for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk you. about Parasite. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, we should talk about Parasite every week, if you ask me. Uh, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Just to remind everyone. Yeah. So, Kristen, as like a first-time viewer of Parasite, what did, what did you think? Well, I really liked it. I mean, obviously. I, I didn't watch it for a while because it felt like because I'm Korean, everyone was like, we need your seal of Korean approval. Say that this movie is good because you're Korean. I'm like, uh... Uh, that's a lot of pressure for one mm-hmm. Korean American, me who holds all the power of women yeah. on the show. Yeah, but, um, I did. This is my friendship with Kristen. Is I go up to her and say, "I can't, <laughs> I can't like this until you approve it." It's <laughs> vice versa with like any white person movie I watch. I oh have to yeah, BB's approval, which is like any movie. Yeah. Every movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Every movie I say, Fast and Furious got the approval. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. Didn't actually know I'd seen some of Bong Joon-ho's work before. Like, I'd seen The Host when I was younger. Mm. I don't remember anything about it. I just remembered some, like, the giant fish, the flaming arrow, that stuff. And then they talked about uh, how he did Snowpiercer, and I was like, I didn't watch that. I'm not watching Okja. I don't like to be sad. I don't like watching movies about, like, family tension or, like, anything where people have to really struggle struggle with their innermost self because that, like, is too real and I don't want to be sad on my free time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the when, opposite of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I purposely go through that pain. Oh, oh, yeah. That's too much emotional work. But, yeah, like, so Matt said we should watch Parasite because he had the Blu-ray and I was like, all right, I'll watch a free movie. And I, like, got so swept up in the beginning because it really felt like a comedy, that whole, like, yeah, we're going to heist this rich family and we're going to, like insert our own family members to get all that money. I was like, this is a fun, great, big fuck you to capitalism. And then, you know, the twist, (laughs) the underground bunker and all that. And then I just Mm -hmm. lost it. I was like, that last scene where he's uh, the son is talking about how he's going to buy the house and all his dad needs to do is come up the stairs. Like, I started tearing up because I was like, yeah, that's like every Korean American's dream is to like take care of their parents and stuff. But then they show that last shot where he's still writing the letter and it didn't actually happen. I was like, fuck you, Matt BB. Fuck your family. Fuck your future family. Goddamn. Wow. No, your mother and father are wonderful people. Just you. Oh, okay. That's fine. I mean, Kristen, what, what we got out of this is like when I am very rich and live in the Hollywood Hills, I will let you live in my underground bunker. No, I'm going to be, like, the, uh, shoot, like, all of them end up so bad. Like, I guess yeah. the mom. I'll be, like, the housekeeper. Okay, sure. She turned out okay. That. She didn't get stabbed or anything. I, I guess that's true. She did lose uh, her daughter and her husband. It's yeah. true, but I'm not sure if I'd rather die or live in this situation. Yeah. As a Korean yeah. person. No, as, a, as a Korean, I'm not sure about this whole capitalism thing now. I also have one like one thing I want to say that really hung me up on this movie was the Ramdan thingy. Oh, right. Yeah. So in the movie, they call it japaguri, which makes sense because it's made out of two different instant noodle dishes. But then the American translation was Ramdan, and I didn't understand where the Don came from. And then I looked up some article and this guy who translated the movie was like yeah i just came up with udon for the last part and i was like what (laughs) that makes no sense there's no udon in this fucking dish i feel like that's so lazy and now i'm even more mad because i'm seeing like 
restaurants that are making their twist on Ramdan and they're selling it for like 18 bucks a bowl. And I'm like, this is stupid. You did not oh. understand what this movie was saying. <laughs> you learned nothing. Just from you the translator's nothing. mistake. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a billionaire now because of his ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I do like. Uh, with Babish. No, he yeah. gets it. He gets it. <laughs> I, I do like there was a, a moment where this translator was like, all right, so this is like not really a food that Americans would get. Um, what's two kind of noodles? And then he just sort of, he mashed the two noodles together like, good enough. Who yeah. cares? You could have just called it like, I mean, black bean noodle is its own dish. I don't really mm. know what you would call this. You should, they should just call it chapaguri. That's so easy. Yeah, I don't so think hard. anyone knew what Ramdan was anyway. Clearly, yeah. because the man oh, just yeah. made it up for the movie. Yeah, you, yeah. You they could have just put the Korean word. Just put they could have put something there. I didn't know what it was, anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thanks, whoever you are. I forgot your name. Fact check yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, translator. Um, but yeah, so that was that was Kristen's first time parasite experience. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I got a lot more out of it the second time watching. I picked up on a lot more stuff. Oh, uh, I Oh man, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> I'm testing you. You think oh, Joker's boy. better this time? Yeah, that's what I picked up on. Was I was like, <laughs> man, I was I wish I was watching Joker right now. <laughs> when do they make the funny joke? Um, <laughs> no, it was basically um, just a lot of the nuances in the dialogue. Honestly, because I am, uh, I just did learn to read, so this is the the first time I'm seeing it while reading it. Oh, okay. Wait, um, what? <laughs> You no, just learned how to was, read? No, it was basically like because I think this is part of the issue of not actually speaking Korean is you see the movie and when you see it in the theater, you know, you're so caught up with making sure you read everything mm, that mm-hmm. you're not always catching uh, what's on the screen or sometimes you'll get so caught off in like the beautiful shots that you yeah, don't read yeah. what's happening down below. Yeah. So there was a lot more nuance and a lot more, you know, dialogue stuff that I picked up on this time where I was like, oh, I... Like, I just got more out of it, I felt like, watching it again. It was uh, also super fun being the only person in the room who had had, had seen it before and getting to watch everyone's yeah. reactions <laughs> to just the insanity that is, like, the second and third act of that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were having a ball. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. I totally agree with you, though, because um, I felt like while I was watching it, I picked up on a lot of the humor and the weird little intonation they have when speaking Korean and you know if they're talking a little sarcastically or if they're talking really like deprecatingly it was a lot different than just reading the subtitle itself Mm -hmm. it felt like a little secret because I could understand it but you couldn't (laughs) exactly yeah and that's that's the you know that's that's one thing I wish I had more languages it's like a perk you unlock in a video game or something yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) shout out to the gamers um, <laughs> gamers. Oh, I heard that they're making this into a HBO series. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. actually, like really, they're making yeah. an American version for HBO. Uh, I don't know what that means, but apparently, Bong Joon-ho's doing it. So, yeah. I wonder how that's going to translate because it's American people. Yeah, I I don't know. I if Bong's if Bong's on board, I trust him. <laughs> if Bong's um, on board, I think it'll be. I think looking at his American versus his Korean movies, I think it'll be worse, but still good. Yeah, yeah, is, I can see that. I, I is, so Snowpiercer would be considered his American movie. Yeah, and Okja. Well, Okja's, and Okja. 
Oak just got more other languages than Snowpiercer, uh, but it's uh, mostly English. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure how how good it would be as a series on its own, but I mean, I'm still going to watch it. Well, actually, yeah. no. Parasite really, like, fucked me up on the inside, and I'm not really... Like, I told Matt, I'm never seeing it again. Like, it was a one-and-done thing for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you'll have to tell me how the series is then. <laughs> you'll you'll be coming back to it. I, oh, yeah. God, I really want to... My mom... I was, I was, like, begging my mom to watch it, and she was like, you've really? seen it already. I was like, I've seen it, like, three times already, and I was like, I just want to, like, see people's reactions to it. And it was right after it won Best Picture. So she was like, yeah, I do need to see it. But I don't mm-hmm. really want to see it tonight. And I was like, oh, dang it. You're yeah. not, you don't want to watch it with her, though, right? I, do, I, I would watch it with anybody. Really? I can't watch it. I, I, this, <laughs> Matt BB already knows where I'm going with this. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere that the movie had like a 10-minute blowjob scene. And I was just like, how is that possible? And then it wasn't really a blowjob, but, you know, just like yeah, sitting yeah. through that. I was like, there's no possible way anyone would want to see this with like anybody else. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. Midsummer with my mom. So oh, <laughs> that was a no. lot worse already. Yeah. <laughs> and my 16, 15 year old brother at the time. So. Yeah. Wow. So you guys are like real close. <laughs> yeah. He's he's got John's got a cool movie family. <laughs> Not like I those could, uncool yeah. movie parents. I could probably watch Parasite with my dad, although I don't know if it's totally his type of movie. Um, my mom won't watch like anything with violence in it, so your uh, mom that's... and my, your mom and me are the same person. We just yeah, want to sit around watching like the B movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, uh, y'all don't yeah. talk about the B movie here. Uh, we'll Maybe do a B one movie day. special is, where it's that's like an yeah. apocalypse movie, kind of. Right? Okay, bring mm-hmm. me back. I've uh, I've seen the B movie so many times. <laughs> We're going to do a B-movie special, and it's just going to be Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> BB will do the introduction, and then yeah. we'll bo- both of us will get up and leave, and Kristen yeah. will just talk for a while. Welcome to B-Boy Movies, a <laughs> podcast about the B-movie and nothing else. <laughs> Bye. It's just me, Kristen. <laughs> um, I should talk uh, about the other movie I did see. Uh, mm-hmm. besides Parasite. Now, this week had a theme for me, I would say, that theme being Asian people. Um, <laughs> Classic theme. Yeah, great theme for your movie week, uh, which was, I guess, three movies, including Snowpiercer. I watched, finally, uh, The Farewell. Oh, Bye-bye. yeah, another movie I can't watch. Yeah. Yeah, you this definitely one. would not want, want to watch that one. Um. Yeah, so The Farewell, the first thing I noticed about it is that it was PG, and I was like, damn, I don't know the last time I've watched a PG movie uh, that was not made for children. And yeah. uh, so that was interesting, but yeah, it's like totally like nothing intense or not intense, but like nothing violent, like no curse words. I was just like, oh, right, you can just like make <laughs> a movie that's serious and adult and it doesn't have to like be fuck- and sex everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> it's um, true. It's not, it wouldn't be considered PG-13 or anything because they're, like, dealing with, like, the concept of death or anything? I guess not, because the whole movie, it, I mean... Coco, I, Coco is spoil, all about death. Yeah, yes, spoilers. Oh, no true. one no one dies in The Farewell, um, so it's not even really. It's more about the idea of death than it oh. is about an actual death. So oh. I, it was just like a... It's just like a nice little movie. It's 90 minutes or so. Um, it's mostly 
in Chinese, Aquafina does a great job. Um, it definitely made me mad now. Now I have the perspective to be mad that it didn't get nominated for like any kind of directing Oscar or anything Aww. like that. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think Lulu Wang. Here, standing yeah. Asian people. I, that's what I do, you know? <laughs> just standing just, Asian people all day. That's every I day. I, his best friend. Yes. TM Asian person. <laughs> Yes, I I have multiple Asian friends. That I am the savior really of America. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> BB for um, president. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, which is funny because I feel like John does watch. John is like the Asian movie guy here. Oh, um, really? But not this week. Nope. No <laughs> Asian movies for me this week. Yeah, so I guess all I'll say about The Farewell, really beautifully shot. There were a lot of like really complex layered shots that I really, really liked because there's always so many people in every scene because it's this giant Chinese family. Uh. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate the visuals and the movie ends, spoilers again for Farewell. The grandma's still alive? Crazy. She, I did not expect that ending. That was. I thought she would die twist. in like the middle of the movie and then they would be like dealing with that too but no, no she but the, die. the whole movie is literally just like we found out she has cancer she doesn't know she has cancer and so we're all just going to china for like a week on, under false pretenses to just say goodbye to her but she doesn't know that we're saying goodbye to her right and the movie is just about aquafina's experience like being there and saying goodbye to her grandmother right um and so that's the whole driving force and then the movie ends when she goes back home and says right. goodbye for the last time but surprise not the last time the, the grandma lives for six years and is still alive after yeah, being diagnosed right. with cancer and not being treated for it. In real life. This is yeah. a true story. She doesn't yeah. get treated? Nope. They they give her some kind of like Japanese medicine, but it's just like a pill. And like a pill isn't going to do very yeah. much for your no cancer. Or uh, well, yeah. yeah, I feel like because um, actually a good way to tie this in, the sister, the main yeah, the main sister character in Parasite. Mm -hmm. She was in a K-drama that I'm currently watching. And in that K-drama, there is an old man who has cancer. And that old man with cancer also doesn't want his, like, treatment and stuff. I think it's kind of, like, a thing amongst Asian families. Like, if the elderly gets sick with some kind of terminal illness, they don't really see a point in getting treatment done. Because it's just, like... Yeah, I'm like at the end of my life. I just want to live it however I can. I don't want it to be obstructed by like doctor visits, tubes, like f all that other stuff. Whereas mm -hmm. like if you were younger, then they'd probably want to do all that stuff. But I haven't seen the farewell, so I'm not really sure if that's. Yeah, that's no, like you, the whole you literally nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole yeah. like theme. It's like American, like she's a an American Asian American Chinese person who. Like right. agree, who's like more on the American cultural side of things and is like, no, we should tell her like, yeah, we, we need to. And it's kind of just like the argument mm -hmm. between those two. And it's crazy how like in the end she's still alive. So it's like, oh, maybe she was. Yeah. Maybe she was wrong. Yeah. It, there's a really wonderful scene where she confronts one of her uncles and is like, we have to tell her like it's wrong not to tell her. And the uncle makes this point that I didn't even think about, uh, which I guess is a very Chinese thing where he says like you know, this is our emotional burden now. The reason we're not telling her is because, like, what? Then she'll live the rest of her life feeling miserable and being like, oh, my God, I have cancer, I'm going to die. Whereas yeah. if she just dies, she'll be happy all the way up until that point. Yeah. But everyone else in the family will be sad because they know it's going to happen. But that's, yeah. like, their burden. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Oh, see, that's why I can't watch this movie. That like, that's a little too close to home for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a sad one. It's definitely <laughs> I don't a like crying. <laughs> I definitely but y'all, the first time. Do you hear that? What is? Chug it, 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 Oh my god! It's pulling. See, here's the thing. You think this is going to be a critics' corner intro? It's not because I definitely already did a train. Critics' oh. Corner intro. This so is me is intro. It? This is me introing uh, Snowpiercer, the okay. movie we watched. Oh wait, but I saw a comedy special. Right oh okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Redacted. Oh god, the train's backing out of the station. Train's backing up real quick for Mr. Whitmer Thomas. Uh, the Golden One is the title of this comedy special on HBO, and I freaking loved it. Uh, it's a good one. It's like it's produced by Bo Burnham, and it's very similar oh. to Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. It's like Bo, Bo. So there's like a, it's a bunch of songs. It's like Bo Burnham, but it's more like it's documentary mixed with comedy. Like it's about him. His mom died and he's going back to his hometown in Alabama for the first time. Um, and he tells some very like liberal jokes at this, this like small Alabama place. And, I'm, and it, they surprisingly land well. And I was like, oh, OK. Oh. Mm, okay. Where is this on? It's on HBO. Okay. Um, Check that out. And it's not getting that much traction, especially... It's weird because Bo Burnham, like, Instagram post about it, like, tweeted about it, and it's his... He's not getting that many views on, like, YouTube. His his videos have, like, 10,000 views at most, and it's on HBO. So I'm just like, oh, this guy's still... He has only 10,000 followers on Twitter, and... Clearly, everyone did drop HBO after Game of Thrones ended. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. Damn. Oh yeah. That that. I mean, that's a good. That's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he did. I would highly suggest going to his Twitter page and scrolling down until you get to a song about um, him being a big baby, where he uses the Instagram or Snapchat filter that turns you into a baby, and makes oh, a whole God. song. And that that went viral this week. So. Oh, okay. That gained him like 6,000 more followers. He's a Damn. funny dude. All right. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, now the chug, 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 chug. Oh, man. Board the Snowpiercer, everyone. Get your tickets ready to be punched. And uh, Oh, God. How genius would it be if we had structured this podcast like the movie and we were like going through the train or something? We have to... We have to stop right now and re-record this whole thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, but but what would that even be? What how, would I, I just know. be like? Oh, we're we're in the back of the train now. This you sucks. Could, oh my god, you could do like sound effects. You know, like uh, make it sound like we're in the rooms. Mm. So if we're in like the tail of the room, we can have like water dripping sound. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I could John, you have some homework. Stuff. Here, wait. Yeah. Maybe maybe I can do it. Wait. Whoa. Oh, whoa. water's dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> Guys, stop. That was so bad. <laughs> oh, man. What? Am I Am I in the snow piercer? Whoa. Am I in the last wow. train of the snow piercer? The last car, John. I don't know how trains work. They have, they have cars. <laughs> that's why you can't be Wilford. Yeah. That's why you can't be on the snow. The first thing they ask you on the, when you get on the snow piercer is how do trains work? And if you can't answer that question, you're out. Long <laughs> <laughs> Juno is like, how do trains work? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. He, he uh, throws coal into the thing and then the fire. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, so I guess we'll do general impressions, no spoilers. Um, John, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Um, I think I've said my thoughts about this on the podcast before. I'm not sure, but I think I have because I saw it in August. I can't remember when we started the podcast, but, um, I did not rewatch it for this podcast. I did look at, I did look at the Wikipedia page. Um, but it's wow. it's still fresh in my mind. This is a pretty memorable movie, pretty unique, memorable movie. I saw mm-hmm. it like not that long ago. It's still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, and I think my general thoughts were, and I have more thoughts now that I've seen Parasite 2, and it's mostly the American Bong Joon-ho movies versus the Korean. Um, and that is that there's some great ideas, but I can tell that his American, his American movies almost like exude American how American films made sometimes like they're more entertaining than parasite. There's more uh, parasite, super entertaining, but it's more focused on entertainment and not as much the writing. I feel like, mm. mm-hmm. um, so that's my only complaint. The rest of it. I, it, I like, I like a lot. I did get, <laughs> it slows down. I, I feel like there are points where I did get where I, where I lost my attention for a little bit, but then it re grabs it. Um, it's I think I think it's great greatly structured. I don't know how much of how much like the con- uh, probably most of the concept is the credits due to the graphic graphic novel that it's based off of, but I think mm. that part of it is really cool and a really good uh metaphor if you take a look at it from a metaphorical mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. instead of a mm. literal one. So, I mean I think I've also mentioned on this podcast before this the movie got spoiled to me in college via PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> I wasn't warned about. He was just like, okay, today we're talking about Snowpiercer and some other movie. And he was like, there will be spoilers. And I was like, well, I wanted to see these movies, but it's <laughs> Can okay, I knock I out of this Yeah, classroom? you should have just got up and walked yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a guest speaker, too. So it like, would have been awful if I just, like, stood up and just like, well, I'll uh, see you later. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to go watch Snowpiercer and then come back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like it. And I almost forgot when BB brought it up again, I forgot that it was Bong Joon-ho for a second <laughs> because uh-huh. it's so different. It, it just feels different from Parasite to me. Yeah. And it feels different from Okja. Like all three of them seem super different. Yeah. And those are the only three I've seen. I wanted to watch Memories of Murder or the host or something else so I could get one more, but I'll probably, I'll watch it some other time, I guess. All right. Your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, how did, I mean, I know how you feel, but why don't you tell everyone else how you feel? (laughs) Um, yeah, I think overall, like seven train carts out of 10. Okay. We usually do that at the end. We usually, (gasps) no, you're all good. You're all good. We usually do it out of five. So no one knows yet. No one can do that. Yeah, No one can do the math. Okay, great. That's too Uh, Marty, <laughs> Marty, Order? strike that from the record. Cut that. <laughs> Do I have that power? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. everyone oh, has power over Marty. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I really liked a lot of moments. Like looking back at my notes when I was watching the movie, there were a lot of times where I was just like, "Oh shit!" or "That's fucking awesome!" or "Wow, that was crazy." But as a whole, I didn't like it as much as Parasite. And I don't want to compare it, but because it is Bong Joon-ho's work, it's hard not to. Like, just thinking about what it could have been. 
And I do agree that I feel a lot of the American, like, cinematography even, and the American writing. But I really liked the message that I was sending out. Um, and I really liked the cast. Yeah, really the cast the was cast. Yeah, no, Shout really. The cast. Yeah. I was actually surprised watching it because I knew Chris Evans because obviously he's on the poster. But then, like, people I knew kept popping up. I'm like, oh, wait, this yeah. is like a real Octavia ass Octavia Spencer cast. in it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Tilda Swinton is fantastic. Yeah, Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton was like she's also so good. She's also yeah. really good in Oakja. She's really good. In oh, Oakja she's in Oakja. Yeah. Oh, oh damn. I'm really hoping this is like. Oh, by the way, I'm also like a Chris Evans expert. Like mm. I, I've seen a lot of Bong Joon Ho's work, like accidentally. But Chris Evans, <laughs> I have purposefully sought out his movies. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you have. To I, I sat myself them. through. What's your number? Because he's in that movie. I don't even so that's know what how, that is. That's I, how devoted I am. I literally yeah. don't know what that is. <laughs> it's fine. It's a romantic. <laughs> you guys should do a romantic comedy like one day. Oh, yeah. We John actually really likes those. I do like rom-coms. Yeah. <gasps> uh, we're a little late on uh, Valentine's Day, but. That's okay. We can do. Oh, we also missed White Day. All right. Never mind. What's White Day? White Day, day? White day is. Is that a, a race day. thing? Yes. Yeah, every, every day is white day on this podcast. <laughs> it's where we throw chocolate at all the white people. No, so uh, and I think in Japan and in Korea, I don't know if they do it in China as well and in other Asian countries, um, on Valentine's Day, girls give boys give chocolates? Girls give chocolates to the person they like and then on white day, the person that received the chocolate, if they like you, they'll give you a chocolate or they'll give you a gift. It's like how oh. people get together. It's like little confession. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Sure. I like it. All right. So we'll just declare our own white day since <laughs> no, we are. No, I feel like coming from you guys is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it would be great if we opened the podcast and said, today is white day. <laughs> Everyone would know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately no, would, lose subscribers. It'd be like, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought, um, since I know we're all dying to know what I thought, Yes. Um, I, I liked it a lot, actually. I liked it. I knew people had complaints about it. I'd heard kind of mixed things beforehand, mm-hmm. but knowing that it was bong kind of helped ease into things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already, we already talked about the cast and how I was surprised by like what a solid cast uh it had i think the some of the dialogue was a little stiff i assume that was a a you know a you know language barrier thing i'm actually really curious how he directed this with like all that stuff in english because as far as we know he doesn't speak english super well no but i hear Uh, he has translators so i imagine there's a translator yeah i figure it's just like kind of crazy to think like you know, being on set and directing and having someone else then yeah. like translate your direction. Yeah. Um, but it worked for the most part. And I mean, the sense of style I felt really helped carry uh, a lot of the movie. The production design I thought was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, right. um, All the characters looked great. Uh, the, the whole thing looked really good aside from some iffy CGI at certain points. Yep. Um, which is kind of to be expected in the sort of like mid-tier kind of movie that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one other thing that I was going to say. This is a good time to forget it. Great. Yes. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, no, overall, I thought it was really good. The Obviously, the metaphor is much more heavy-handed than Parasite. He clearly like refined it very, very well for Parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was much more effective in that movie, but this movie, I, I think I appreciate for the fact that this movie sort of comes to a conclusion on its metaphor and its messages, whereas Parasite is very open-ended. Um, Parasite asks the question, how do we fix this? Whereas Snowpiercer offers a very definitive right. and, and extreme answer to how <laughs> right. do we fix this. Uh, and yeah, the ending sequence I thought was... I got I got what they were going for. I texted John. I said I understood what they were going for, but it wasn't the best. I think way to show what they were going for. Which we can mm-hmm. go more in depth in spoilers. Yeah, well, and spoilers will go more in depth. But yeah, I thought uh, overall. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to mention. Um, it's funny because you talk about this as like one of his more American movies. A lot of the cinematography, especially, I felt very much was like a lot of Asian action movies I've watched, like. Uh, especially things directed by like Chinese directors. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Those like crazy, like zoom ins. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, True. Especially with like, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but like when he grabs the gun. Yes. Puts it to his head. Yeah. That like, that definitely screamed like Asian Kung Fu movie to me. (laughs) Yeah. No, like a lot of Jet Li movies and things like that. When, whenever there's an action scene, the camera becomes completely unchained and it's flying all over the place and everything's shaking like crazy and there's well, zoom-ins. I, like, I feel like the, the, what's that called? The handheld, that like shaky action shot is a lot more American because when I watch like fight scenes in Asian movies, mm-hmm. it's always usually pretty steady because that's the, that's the work, that's the choreography. They don't want to really like interrupt yeah. that. But I do understand what you're talking about with like, the back-to-back cuts and the zoom-ins and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, but that's, that's yeah, my, my general impressions. Uh, we're going to go to Spoiler Town so we can talk about yeah, yeah, the fish. Yeah. Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans slips on a fish. Spoiler I, well, Town, we've made it. We've made it to Spoiler Town, clearly. Was, yeah, so, like, my big question <laughs> is, the big question, do you, so... They get to that middle cart where they're mm-hmm. blinded by the light and stuff. And then yes. a bunch of, like, murderers, I guess, come out. And they bring a fish. Why do they bring a fish? And why are they, like, passing around and dipping their weapons in blood? Is there, like, a reason for that? I have no idea. John, okay. do you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was a little piece of world building that I did not understand. Well, because yeah. they come up on that, and I'm like, are these guys train security? Are they, like, a different faction that lives on the train? As That's it turns what out, I they, assumed. Yeah. Yeah, I think they I think they were train security. My my roommate, Sarah, was like, they must be butchers. And I was just like, fish? <laughs> the but then I was looking, I was train. just like, I don't know, maybe. I can't come up with a better answer. Every train <laughs> they, needs a butcher. Yeah. Every train, Every needs, train needs 50 butchers with hatchets and one fish. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, yeah, I think they're security as far as I remember. Yeah. Yeah, well, because they, they end up helping out Tilda Swinton and, like, protecting her. And they all have the, like, night vision goggles, which I don't mm-hmm. think a random faction on the train would all have, like, coordinated night vision. Yeah. <laughs> coordinated night vision. Yeah. And wait, so they said that um, bullets run, like, they... They were extinct. Ex- they ex- but do do bullets expire ever? No, they they make a mention. So we'll we'll back up a little bit. Okay. Um, and in, in the beginning, they make mention 
basically anything that like runs out or if their deplete resources get depleted, they call it being extinct. So, you know, if you eat all the hamburgers on the train, hamburgers are now extinct. Um, so they mentioned that there was a different like poor people uprising at one point. Yeah. And apparently they think that in that last uprising, they ran out of bullets. Like they shot all their bullets and now they're just carrying around fake guns as like a scare tactic. They don't right. actually have. I see. Uh, so they never re- like they actually had bullets further down the train or whatever. Yeah. And My guess. Replenishing. I thought that he was saying yeah. like, oh, yeah, bullets have an expiration date. So we've been on this train for like however many years. And that's. Yeah. Why they don't have any bullets on here? Bullets rot. They're like rotten eggs. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they 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 opened the bullet cart and they're like, oh, gross. They all went <laughs> bad. Smell. Oh, God. Jeez, <laughs> throw them out the window. Milk smell. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about uh the beginning, which I felt was like really again really strong in the art direction uh, mm. department. I saw when I was uh, perusing my critics' corner options, um, which is not right now. Uh, I did notice someone saying that like Chris Evans looked different than everyone else, which I don't think was the case. I think they all looked pretty equally dirty and nasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, no, I didn't really notice anything different about him. Yeah, I remember him being dirty. <laughs> he was dirty. he was a dirty <laughs> dirty boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eat those babies. Oh no! Eat those babies, Chris. <laughs> oh, Eat man. those babies. <laughs> um, my fa- my favorite piece of little art that I was actually thinking of when you brought up costume is when that dude, uh, anorexic little dicky. Uh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's the perfect yeah. way to describe him. Yeah, when uh, little dicky. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. When when he's um, being punished, they give him the Flava Flav clock of torture. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Tilda Swinton gives her shoe speech. And I was like, in love. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really great character acting from Tilda Swinton. I just thought it was really clever, uh, the idea that their, their punishment system or their sense of torture was yeah. like, oh, we'll, we'll frostbite their arm off. And they have like time for it and they check the altitude and everything. I'm like, oh, that's like, it, it would have been easy for the movie or the world building just be like, oh, we'll step on his arm and break it. But yeah. no, they were like, we got this, we got this mountain train. Might yeah. as well do something with it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love the Asian conspirator friend guy who's like in his little suit and hat and he's like ticking the minutes and checking his Mm -hmm. little book yeah one of the conductors yeah he's in other stuff i i'm just bad with names yeah bong Bong likes to cast his friends as we see from this movie (laughs) absolutely yeah um yeah i think i think the strength is is the world building for sure because they uh, they just decide on unique like there's no movie like this i feel like it, it's yeah. super unique in in all aspects, almost. Um, that's I, I mean, it's just super memorable for me. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But no, you got yeah. That's just my perspective right now, since I saw it further away from than you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chris Evans is pl- is planning his revolt with Gilliam, the very old man with very few limbs. Uh, he's counting the doors they have to get through to get to the part of the train where they can roam freely. 
and uh, they're eating uh, nasty black jello blocks. And I really wondered how much black jello they had to make for that movie and how much they had to eat. Oh. I was because that must have been too, awful. Yeah, like what is that actually made up of? I'm sure it's just like food. In in Korea food. and other Asian countries, uh, we have this. We have something that looks just like that. It's um, I think it's like a black bean, um, jelly thing. Is it black bean? It's not black mm. bean. I forgot what. Oh, red bean. You know, red bean, the sweet yes. red bean thingy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, we watch the movie, we find out it's, can I, I, I can say it because it's spoiler. Yeah, right? no, it's spoiler mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, well, so he finds out that it's bugs and I would like, they make a whole big thing about it. And I was just like, well, that kind of makes sense because that's what people are saying now. Like, I don't know, we're eating too much meat. We're consuming too fast at a rate. Nature can't keep up and stuff. And people are saying like entomology is like where we're headed. We have to start eating bugs for protein. And I was just like, if you think about it, they had it pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, everyone else is eating steak and stuff, so they don't have it that good. But mm-hmm. they were saying the like, uh, yeah, my roommate was just like, why don't, well, wouldn't it make more sense if it was like dirt or something? Like, wouldn't that have been like a bigger impact? I was like, I don't think you can cover up the taste of dirt. Also, they would have all like just died of malnutrition if they yeah. had just been eating dirt blocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at least bugs have protein. Yeah, no, because they call them protein blocks. Yeah, uh, right. God, I hate that name so much. I just remember that name making me just yeah. cringe. I was like, I would never want to eat something <laughs> called a protein block. Yeah, it's just like the most unappetizing thing you could imagine. Protein yeah, I guess block. That, I guess that's what it is, though. Yeah, you're right. Like, what an awful shape for protein to Unappetizing thing you could imagine eating, yeah. Yeah, no. If it was like a bro- protein circle, all right. <laughs> all, right, all right. Maybe. <laughs> like, I'm just so used to a protein bar, you know? That's the one shape yeah. a protein can yeah. be in, you know? That's it. It's just a bar. You know what yeah. I was also wondering? So he gets those little notes through the protein blocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that I had I took issue with because I was just like there's so many people and so many hands are going through that thing. How can you know that that block is going to end up with him? And I guess well, I guess he does go through the whole thing where he tries to get one from Timmy because Timmy yeah. ends up with it. All right, mm-hmm. never mind. I guess that's yeah. horrible. I think there's two points to that. One, they just like get it from whoever gets it because everyone's down for the cause. And then right. I think the second one is at a certain point, they just start feeding it to him because the, the Wilford guy, he like wants him to get those notes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. So he just tells the egg man, like give him this egg. The egg man. Um, <laughs> my true. favorite character, Eggman, Dr. Eggman. <laughs> oh God, he was so creepy. Yeah. I heard he makes a reappearance in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he comes back and he gives Sonic 5,000 hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is way too many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually, we should talk a little bit more about the, we'll call it the butcher scene, why not? Um, mm. Because I actually thought that fight scene was like one that I wasn't super into at the beginning because of all the shaky cam and everything yeah. going on. Yeah. But as soon as they... First of all, I love the part where everyone starts counting down and you're like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> oh, they say yeah. happy new year. Yeah. More little I thought, world building stuff. Yeah. I thought that was so much fun. Just like, oh, they're celebrating the new year in the middle of all this murder. <laughs> um, and then they go through the tunnel and I'm like, that's so fucking clever because now no one can see. Yeah. Um, 
But then they get the fire and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now this is like one of the most stylish and cool action scenes I've seen in a long time. All they had to do was turn off the lights and suddenly it's this whole new thing. Yeah. Uh, And it's super cool. I wrote here, damn Chan, because he yells for Chan, the little boy, to like Mm. light the fire. And I just remembered that that one meme, like that damn Daniel meme. (laughs) (laughs) Damn Chan, back at it again with the revolutionary fire. (laughs) And that one guy, I don't know if he's like half Asian or something. I really couldn't tell his name. The one who can fight really well. Yeah. The one like he starts like charging through. I was like, who is this man? Oh, he's so good. I loved him because. He's so good. He did the cool uh, martial arts flip where he grabbed the dude by the yeah. neck with his thighs. But yeah. my favorite part by far was when he like holds the knife up to the dude's throat and he just has the tattoos on his arm yeah. that say surrender or die. Yeah. And he had to choose which <laughs> that was one. That's so badass. Oh, it's so good. Um, so, yeah, I thought that whole scene, including that tattoo moment, was just so clever and so visually nice to look at coming off of a scene where I was like, oh, this is just sort of people like flailing around with axes yeah <laughs> um but yeah so we get through we get through butcher block a uh tilda swinton gets a knife in her leg oh and, no, in her uh, butt she gets it in, in her, her butt. butt yeah she, she i remember gets a watching knife. that i was just like yeah it bit you in the ass <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like forrest gump she gets forrest gumped mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> And then right after that, it's uh, it's sushi time, everybody. Sushi time. That part, that part was so strange to me. I wrote here, um, where did I put it? Oh, something about like, well, it's it's very applicable applicable now. You know, there are people who are quarantined and they're like amazing rich homes up in the hills mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're like eating sushi while the world's like on fire. And so when I saw that scene when they're eating sushi, but the world's frozen over, I was like, yeah, that's how that's how the upper half be living. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they it got is. a whole ass aquarium with manta rays and sharks and yeah. all those things. That, that was a point. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I was like, all right, first of all, you're going to make this train and somehow have a large enough aquarium space for manta rays and sharks. But also, like, if it's just a section for sushi, like. I don't know. I think it was obviously more for show, but it, it did take me out for a moment until I realized it was a sushi block and not just like a part of the train where you could see fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we, we need an aquarium in this train. That's what, yeah. that's what we got an extra. We got an extra car. What do you want to put on that one? Oh, like a lot of fish. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We need the fish. Yeah, anything fish related reminds me of Animal Crossing right now. Oh yeah, that I'm sure John was like, "Well, you didn't watch it, but you you would have been like, it's like the aquarium in Animal Crossing." (laughs) Yeah, John would have pulled out his little fishing rod and thrown it at the screen. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, Um, but yeah, we got the nice little breakdown of oh, we have to, uh, you know, we can only serve sushi twice a year because we have to meticulously control the population of fish in the aquarium so right. no species becomes too dominant and all that shit right um which is obviously a metaphor for the train itself right uh and they all eat one piece of sushi each <laughs> and well except uh, for tilda swinton she has to eat the bug protein yep. block it's yep. the perfect amount of sushi yes one sushi yeah 
and then after sushi block, isn't it? Isn't it school? Isn't it class time? Time for school? Yeah, I think so. Uh, before that, they walk through. I had to write this down because this is how uncomfortable I felt. I think they had to walk through some sections that look like a train oh, cart, right. like a train cart, and they see like there's a tailor in one section and there's like a dentist in the other section. Is this uh, happened that? before or after? I, the... I think that was after because yeah, I remember seeing like a hair salon after. Oh, okay, the, okay, okay. Then the yes, school we go section. to the we go to the preschool. <laughs> Yeah, the the school of train knowledge. That that teacher, that like section was like the scariest to me. All yeah. the other sections were kind of fine, but that one was just so uncanny and like Willy Wonka esque mm-hmm. that I was like, oh well, there's definitely something fucked up going on over here. Yeah, that scene I would say felt the most comic booky to me. I think yeah. Yeah, like definitely. it's something it. It felt like something Mark Millar would do, especially when you get to the point where the pregnant teacher is firing like an Uzi at the poor people. I'm like, (laughs) this is clearly set up just to be like, isn't this crazy? Look at this thing. Can you believe it? (laughs) Pregnant teacher. She can't shoot guns. Yeah. I also felt really bad when she died. Like, I know I shouldn't necessarily feel that but i was like oh she was pregnant <laughs> it's felt bad I just if you think about how this ends she would have died anyway <laughs> it's true i guess you're right I, but it was just wild there she was pregnant and they just threw a knife into her yep um, oh it was perfect what a, what a good throw that was another moment i really liked. yeah a lot of good knife throws Best. in this one yeah. yeah oh my god also good at, at throwing knives yeah the teacher was allison pill too right I definitely recognized her from something, but I couldn't. I couldn't tell who she she's, was. She's from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it is Allison Pill. Yeah. Oh, who did she play in Scott Pilgrim? She was um, the drummer. Can't remember. She was the now. drummer. Yeah. No way. Really? Yep. Hold on one second. I'm. I'm a letterbox this real quick. Good <laughs> content. Was... John Vamp. Uh, Kim Pine. Yeah, you're right. Oh my god. Yeah, she played Kim. Uh, that's wild. She's so different. I know. She she's so really different. different. Yep. Yeah. Talk about range. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of people with range. Tilda Swinton has the most range I've ever seen in anybody. It's true. Oh, yeah. Ever since um, I saw Suspiria, like, just no one's going to beat her. That's, especially when I just like. I, did, I suppose, yes. When you play two different characters and one is an old man. Three. Like, yeah, I she think played you, three characters. Oh, right. I think you win the, the award. <laughs> but the thing was, I didn't even know it was. I didn't even know she played th- three characters until after, and I looked it up. Yeah, I the was range. Like, what? Yeah, that's honestly more movies should do that. Just cast Tilda Swinton and give her three parts. Like, give her every part in the movie and see if anyone save can a tell. lot of money. <laughs> yep, she plays the entire Avengers. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen is now that they're, like, delaying production on all these Marvel movies and everything, they're going to be like, ah, shit, we got Chris Evans just dropped. Oh, I guess Chris Evans wouldn't be involved anymore. They'd be like, Chris, ah, Chris just Pratt just out dropped out. Yeah, t- <laughs> Chris Evans slipped on a fish. He can't film. and be like, just get, call Tilda. Get her on the phone. Get her over here. She could play Captain no, America. No, just have Tilda, like, cast in from her living room in different parts yeah. of her house. We'll have a hologram projection of Tilda Swinton play play the new Spider-Man. Yeah, that'll be great. That is the best Spider-Man, please. Oh, could you imagine Tilda Swinton's Spider-Man? <laughs> but she's like universe. still a high school student. Oh my God, that'd be really good. I would love yeah. that. Um, oh, wait. 
before we continue through the cart, mm-hmm. in the scene, so Edgar dies in that scene where oh yeah, you're right, poor Edgar. Rampaging. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, who's that girl? Um, Yona. She like kind of kills the other guard, who I guess was his brother. You know how that other guard, like there's guard number one and guard number two, mm-hmm. and there's like. Guard number two is, like, the one that, like, starts following them all throughout the train. Yeah. I remember, like, that brother gives them, like, this meaningful look. And I was just like, I don't like where this is going. (laughs) And that's, he's actually one of the reasons why I didn't like this movie as much. Oh, because he was just too freaky? (laughs) No, not even that. Like, I don't understand what the point of him following them was, except to kill all the other characters off in the sauna room. Yeah. You know, I just like, and then that like kind of pointless, like sniper battle between the trains. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, which uh, I thought was like, that's interesting, but also like, eh, I'm not really sure if that's, if that's necessary. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you make a good point because one, they kill off the one like big heavy guy. Yeah. In the beginning. And then there's just another one. It reminded yeah. me of, I don't know if you guys have seen this episode. There's an episode of Always Sunny where they do, I think it's Lethal Weapon 6. <laughs> and so in their first Lethal Weapon 5, Charlie plays this like henchman character who's got like long blonde hair. Right, right. And oh, yeah. he gets he gets thrown out of a window. And then in Lethal Weapon 6, he plays the same character, but it's like his twin brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he like looks at a picture of his, his twin brother and then right. it's like, oh, so this is that guy. He's right. just like, why did we kill that guy before if we just have the same thing coming yeah. after we them? Back. <laughs> I yeah. feel like it would have made more sense if they sent like Claude, that girl or whatever. Is that her name? Claude? Uh, yeah. which one? The he she was always by Wilfred's side. She's the one. Oh, that comes the yeah, kids. the the chubbier kinda, lady. Yeah, she's kind of unhinged, and I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, she'll probably come back. And she didn't really. Yeah, I think it would have helped if you had that kind of like unstoppable Terminator like presence. I I mean, obviously after the first part of the movie, he is, but it's weird that there was just two of them. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, he was one of my one of my hangups about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think that sniper battle you were talking about, when the train goes around the corner Mm -hmm. and the dude aims his gun, I was actually really excited. I was like, oh, that's another, like, really clever train bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like, I don't think a lot of people would thought, be like, oh, yeah, the train curves around on itself, they can see each other. Um, but it it was weird that he had an assault rifle, Chris Evans had this little, like, Uzi-type gun, uh, and then they just shoot at each other and nothing happens. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, true. I guess... That was important for the snowflake. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. And I did like how it showed how thick the glass was. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. But other than that, I was just like, I don't know. I'm not so sure I would have wasted like the five minutes they did to like shoot at each mm. other through windows. It, it was a lot of action back to back, which I yeah. think was one of my m- more one of my bigger complaints about the movie is I actually liked when the movie slowed down mm-hmm. and they talked to each other about what was going on mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of the action scenes were very drawn out and, and kind of samey to a certain degree. Although they were stylish, like the sauna scene and the fire scene especially were, yeah. were very stylish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we haven't talked about Namgung in like the whole time we've been Oh yeah, well, well, Kristen, it's because we're racist and we didn't want to. <laughs> That's but... fair. I'll bring it up. Um, so, 
Congo song is in so many of Bong's movies, but I really liked his performance in this one. Like, not to say that he wasn't great in Parasite. He was. Yeah. But I, like, the whole time I was just kind of thinking, like, yeah, he's just an addict. He's just trying to get his next fix. He's just trying to, like, do what he can to survive. And then by the time we get to the end and they both share their little stories with each other, I was just like, oh, that is so good. Give me yeah, that good yeah. acting. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, I think that's my favorite character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I think him and Chris, Chris Evans are, I mean, I think this was the point, but they are the best characters in the movie, yeah. and uh, they they do have the complexity that yeah. you don't get out of a lot of action movie characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is set up really nicely, especially when they're going through that nightclub, and he's just walking up, and he's stealing everyone's drugs, and he's, like, pulling the fur, fur coats off of yeah. those mm-hmm. people, and you're like, oh, he's just, like, a junkie, so he's yeah. just stealing this shit because he wants it, and you're like, oh, no. He wants to get out of here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's super smart. I felt like Chris Evans acting, I had, like, it, it warmed up on me. Because, like, mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was just kind of like, ugh, he has all these cheesy lines. Like, I'm not who you think I am. And, like, <laughs> not yet. I'm not, not Chris yet. Evans. Yeah. And then. I'm, I'm acting. And then I'm playing a, a character. <laughs> I, I slipped on a fish. Whoa. <laughs> so but, yeah, cheesy. like, once we get. I feel like his interactions with Kong were really great. And then as we, as we stick with him further and further, I felt his performance was a lot more believable. Yeah. Which I just wish we would have seen him eat the baby though. I was kind of mad. No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's the thing is like the slipping on the fish was so cartoony and so slapsticky. I could imagine a scene where he's like got a like bib tucked into his collar <laughs> and he's got like a fork and knife and someone like brings out like a, a baby that looks like a turkey or something. Roasted baby. Like, mm, yum, yum. Yum, yum, a baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so oh, we should probably talk about Gilliam. Uh, he gets shot in the head. Uh, I guess we can talk about him more once we get to the actual ending. I do want to... Yeah, I guess we should talk about how Chris Evans ate, ate some babies and also everyone's limbs, but not his own. Uh, so we'll go round robin. Who here would have cut off your arm or leg to feed your your friends in the train? Obviously. Who's starting? John, what, what would you have done? Arm or leg? Are you asking me? I'm asking you if you would have done arm or leg and if you do, which would you choose? I would. And I would definitely Aww. choose an arm. Yeah, left you arm. want to be able to run around? Left arm, for sure. Okay. I, I definitely, walking, I think, is more important than, like, I don't need the, I'm, I'm using my left hand to hold my mic right now, but who needs that when you're in a train? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, that would have been great if they went past the podcasting car. <laughs> Joe Rogan's in there. They're like, some things never change. (laughs) They just, they're walking through until this one's like, and here is the Joe Rogan experience. (laughs) He's like, pull that up. Yeah. Hey, hey, pull that up. I I need to talk about Bernie Sanders real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Kristen, would you, would you have done it? I like I'm I think this is why um Chris Evans performance or Kurt's story like 
really hit deep for me was because I, I've never been in that situation, but I always feel like I think of that sort of thing when I'm watching something. I'm like, could I do that? Could I make the sacrifice? Ultimately, no. Like, I'm not selfless enough to, and I'm, I can't even imagine enduring that kind of pain to, like, cut off my leg and give it to someone to eat so that they could survive when I know I am capable enough to, like, you know, kill someone and get it. That's horrible to say. I would never kill. Like, <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm not going to kill someone to eat. Representing but I'm all not women. Also gonna <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the answer for all women. <laughs> <laughs> all women, all women won't would kill themselves. I think, yeah. I think if the situation was like, if me and Matt BB and Jonathan were all stuck in a room and we were all hungry and starving. I would not be the first to give up a limb. I think I would wait until everyone else has given up a limb. Yeah, I I'm on I'm on the same boat as Kristen. I think I yeah. think I think that is why Chris Evans' story is is definitely more powerful because he says he wants to. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. we you understand where he's coming from. Yeah, and and you know you understand like I, if you're starving and there's literally nothing to eat and someone just hands you some meat, like you're gonna eat it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, you know, horrible, again, horrible to say, but realistic, which is, it's easy to, to make a story where your character is the most noble and, and exactly, all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if someone was like, all right, your turn to, to give the arm, I'd be like, you know what guys really gotta, I've, I've been learning to juggle and just like <laughs> not may next week when I got the juggling down for sure. But right now <laughs> I'm gonna hold on to it. Yeah. Um, okay, but wait, so n- even though you wouldn't give up a limb, if you were to, like if you had to, which w- what would you give up? I, I would probably also do left arm. I think okay. that's I think that's the most rational. And he's a left I, arm. If you know, I mean, Matt, you know me. I hate walking. Mm-hmm. If I could go my entire life without <laughs> walking or moving, that'd be great. I would definitely give up, like, up to the hip like a whole leg. And yeah. that's because I hate my thighs. But <laughs> so you're <Yeah>. welcome. <laughs> so you, we would be on the train and like no one would have even mentioned like cutting off their limbs or anything. And Kristen would be like, who wants two legs? <laughs> I'm oh, off. darn, guys. Real. This is a real this is real tough for me. But uh, I guess I guess if I have to, why if I had to. Yeah, it would definitely be my legs. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of always sunny, why didn't Chris Evan get get like addicted to the human meat like they do and always sunny that's right he doesn't get the hunger well, yeah. if you recall that episode <laughs> of of it's always sunny in philadelphia the they the reason they got the hunger was not because they ate human meat <laughs> it was because they both had tapeworms from eating <laughs> raccoon oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. so so you only get the uh, hunger think, if you get a tapeworm yes that is literally what a tapeworm is <laughs> But going back uh, to the whole situation when Gilliam gave up his arm and stuff, um, th- that also kind of made it harder when they did the whole reveal at the end. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, he's such a great man. He's really selfless. He's like a true leader. That's why Chris Evans kept saying, I like how we can't call him Kurt. That's why Curtis kept saying that he can't be a leader. He doesn't have that like self-sacrifice gene in him. Um so yeah. when, when Wilford was just like, we've been in it together the whole time, 
that was kind of like, well, now I don't know. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't understand. And I don't really know where we're supposed to leave off with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess we get to the end here. Uh, The quick recap is they open the door. They're like, hey, Chris Evans. I'm going to keep calling him Chris Evans. (laughs) Chris Evans. Get it, get on in here, Captain America. You got to sign a picture for my son. Um, <laughs> they they bring him into the room, and he's a series of reveals. He's like, yeah, me and Gilliam were working together the whole time, but your re- your rebellion was actually like way more powerful and well thought out than we expected. You were only supposed to make it to like that butcher car, um, and that was just to like cull the population without just like straight up murdering everyone but instead you made it all the way here uh, but then later he's like you know what why don't you be the new wilford for this train and i was like oh but didn't you say you just expected him to die like why are you turning around and now being like hey no but like you yeah. be the leader yeah because he said like he and gilliam were just like yeah it's always been you we wanted you but it's like then why did you yeah. say it would end at the cart over there and also, yeah. that's not even the biggest twist. The biggest twist is that he's using children. The train is powered by children. Yes, they, they have run out of mechanical parts, and so they have to use uh, five and under children to replace those parts. That was insane. Have you, seen, oh yeah. have you guys seen the video that Chris Evans uh, retweeted about Snowpiercer that's like, that relates it to Willy Wonka? No, yo, I should watch it now. Yo, I never watched it. Yo, because yo, stop. Are you kidding me? Because I, like, the end of the movie, like, at the end, I was just like, this is Willy Wonka. It is Charlie straight Charlie. up. Charlie. And the Chocolate but Factory. It, like, it's like a theory about, like, it's the sequel to Willy Wonka. And, like, um. Wait, wait. Can I, can I, like, do my little take on it and see how accurate it is? Did you watch it? Uh, I've seen the video. I, it was a while ago, but I remember okay, okay. I remember some comparisons he made. But go ahead. Okay, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my little two cents in, and then let's see how close I got yeah. to whoever mm. said that it's also Willy Wonka the tro- chocolate. I don't know why I keep saying Charlie Factory, the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, it's yeah. Well, Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he makes Charlies. Yeah. Um, should we go into anything else before I go into my? I mean, we can keep going after you do this yeah. thing. Let's let's do that. Okay. Um, so it like it didn't it didn't really click for me until um, Wilford is like, yeah, come here, Chris Evans. Look at this. This can all be yours. And I was just like, that's what fucking Willy Wonka says yeah. when he wants to give the chocolate factory to Charlie. Yeah. And I was like reminiscing about the movie, and I was just like, there are a lot of parallels to draw from this thing, like. Wilford works in like a luxury transportation thingy. Like that's his dream. Willy Wonka also kind of has that kind of crazy locomotive stuff in his factory. He has that crazy like boat that goes through the river and whatever. Yeah, the nightmare boat. Yeah, and he has like that elevator that like flies into the sky and whatever. He's like Willy Wonka is looking for a successor Wilford is looking for a successor. They both have giant W's on their doors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's something else. Uh, Charlie comes from poverty and he's kind of making his way through the factory. Like, and then, you know, suddenly becoming like the owner of this thing. Whereas Chris Evans is also going through the train and ultimately becoming the owner of it as well, I guess. And, um, 
how the chocolate factory is run by Oompa Loompas, who are very tiny. They, I wouldn't consider them children, but the train is run by children, you know, who are kind of like Oompa Loompas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you pretty much nailed all I can remember from the video. So really? Far. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the video is about how it's a sequel to the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, it's just like a clickbait. I feel like that's clickbait. Oh, uh, okay. You could easily just say, oh, it's... It's a different version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Right? Oh, we, oh we also, I also wanted to say um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ends with the little kid, like Charlie being the new owner and stuff. And it's basically about like the future of this thing. We are giving our hopes and dreams for the future onto this little boy. The same thing ends with this movie. Yona and this little black boy, Timmy, they become the future Mm-hmm. It's about the future of children, young generations, <laughs> yeah. young people. Please go vote. <laughs> it's yep, <laughs> yep. The children are our future. Yeah, it just got super. I believe themes. the children are our future. Oh, I forgot the song. You can't <laughs> sing that song. You'll probably get nicked for it. I believe the children are our future. <laughs> Teach them well. Let them lead. The critics' corner. Oh my what? god, that, that, that was, was a fuck? really good. That was really good. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It was good. Um... <laughs> So, Critics Corner this week, I have uh, once again delved deep into the Chilean critics' minds, and, um, wait, where is this shit? Did I lose one? Nice. Uh, I do want to mention that the YouTube video, oh wait, I got it. The YouTube video goes into weird depth about where the Oompa Loompas come from. <laughs> That's what I recall. Okay. So oh. does the Tim Burton movie, but n- no one really cares. <laughs> uh... Critics Corner. We got. I, I'm gonna f- pull some some tiny snippets for this one uh, because n- everyone had something to say about this movie because there were a million reviews from 2014 when the movie came out, um, and there were some some lines in here that I thought were very good, and <laughs> I wanted to to deconstruct with everyone. So this first one is from Metacritic. It is a one out of ten review from Metacritic. It comes <gasps> Damn. from. Mm-hmm. It comes from Judah JSN. I assume that's it's either Judah. that or Judah Jason, maybe. Yeah. Um, sure. Judah Jason uh, says this. This was a silly movie and frustrating to sit through. I felt like I was sold a thoughtful sci-fi movie in the style of great dystopian classics like Blade Runner or The Matrix. But instead, I got a comic book story for gamers. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a movie just for you guys. Yeah, and I was going to say, gamers rise up. Um, <laughs> also, I don't know if he knows this was based on a comic book or not, because it was, so he's not wrong. Yeah. Well, right on the nose for that one. Also, The Matrix was like based off of video games in large part. Like, I think the Wachowskis were both like, let's do, we like video games and anime, and no one's making movies for us. So let's so make let's, one. Let's make Matrix for the gamers. <laughs> yeah, so Judah, maybe do some fact checking before you spit out your wrong maybe do opinion. do some yeah. gaming, Judah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe play a, play, a, play a video game. <laughs> Snowpiercer video game um, would be dope, though. Yeah. The the rest of his review is not that exciting, so I'm not going to read yeah, it. Yeah, he doesn't deserve um, it. But yeah, he's he doesn't like when movies are made for gamers. Um, <laughs> he hates. And he'll hate Sonic. Player One. Yeah, Ready Player oh. One. I, 
Imagine if he watched Ready Player One. He just like never played a game before. So he's like, wow, look at all these wacky characters. That's another movie that is based off of Willy Wonka, basically. What the hell? What? What was that? What the hell? It's another movie that is uh, a Willy Wonka. It's it's another Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. It's another Willy Wonka movie for gamers. I wouldn't know I didn't watch it. And I didn't read it. Yeah, it's fine. I read it until like the last couple chapters, which some would say are the most wow. important chapters to read. But arguably, <laughs> in most books, I did like. Well, Matt Beebe just learned how to read, so yeah, yeah. I like. I read a little bit of Ready Player One. I couldn't get super into it. I like the book way more than the movie, and I didn't like the movie. I didn't like the book that much, so <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, I have another review from Amazon. Mm. I actually have two reviews from Amazon. It's a great place. Uh, but this this one isn't as funny as it is like, you know, I read these reviews where people just say like dumb shit because they don't know how movies work. Um, <laughs> yes. This one comes from Beachcomber. All right. Um, they gave it one out of five and they say so much wrong with this movie. Way too violent for way too long. Repeatedly, which is actually like kind of a criticism I had. I didn't, I don't think it's way too violent, but it was a lot of action. But repeated. Uh, yes. Why are we getting so desensitized that we can watch this? I fast forwarded through half the movie. And so you did watch so, it. Yeah. So you didn't watch the movie, but you're reviewing it. Um, here's, here's the best part. And so much subtle political messaging. Come on. Subtle. <laughs> like that's sometimes it's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they I say, hate when movies have a message about our. Yeah, well, well, here climate. you go. If I go a little bit further, come on. Sometimes it's nice to just catch a cool flick. Constantly trying to make points in a movie distracts from the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the like mess when a movie has a message that's not actually a part of the movie. Yeah, this you know me, this reminds me of when um I like actually started watching movies and like turning on my brain. It mm. was Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah, so pretty oh, well, that's, that's a good one yeah. for that. Um, and I was just like, wow, I can like actually think and like process movies like an, a real adult. I don't think Spurston has like found that yet. Oh. And yeah, I don't think or, the, yeah, I don't think the time is to watch Snowpiercer. That's not the right time to do that. Yeah, or perhaps they watch this movie and this is the first time they turn yeah. on their brain and they they, they did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't have the Dallas Buyers ex- the, the Dallas yeah. Buyers experience I had. Yeah. Um, I just like the idea that they're like, what? this movie is distracting me from the movie. <laughs> Where's the, <laughs> the movie? movie I fast forwarded through. Yeah. They just fast forward and every moment is like classism. And then they hit fast forward again. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they just get to a point it's like donald trump and it's like wait this was this was 2014 <laughs> <laughs> very telling um yeah and so the last review which made me laugh out loud the first time i read it let me find it um actually let's play a little game with this one. Oh my god um this isn't i'm not gonna read the name because this is like someone's actual name although it is on amazon and the public but whatever um the title of this review it's one out of five stars i'm gonna tell you the title and i want you guys to guess what the review is about the title of this review is stupid mom stupid Uh. mom (laughs) yeah john what do you think this review is going to say Uh, it's gotta be just about his mom or his or her mom watching this film or something 
Or they're a stupid mom, maybe. <laughs> and they're mad at themselves. I've tried. It's a twist. It's not about the actual movie. The title references something else. That's what I'm, I think. Okay. Kristen, what do you think stupid mom is about? I, I'm going to take in the opposite direction and try and connect it to the movie. Maybe they didn't like uh, Tanya, right? That was Octavia mm-hmm. Spencer. Maybe yeah. they didn't like her. They thought she was stupid because she cared about her son. And I know some people don't care about their family members. <laughs> Am I correct? Well, <laughs> well I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give a point to John on this. I knew that was the right one. Let me let me read the review. It's very short. My mom bought this on my account without my permission. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> One star. So he reviewed it? That's the review. Why does this person get to review this? Oh, one person found this helpful. (laughs) This movie's bad if your mom buys it on your account. Wait, no, there's comments on this one too. Hold on. I just discovered this. Any good comments? Um, There's two comments. One comes from Greg. Greg said, uh... You should pay him $7 if it really means nothing. <laughs> I, I assume he meant pay. I assume he's talking to the mom yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I, this guy assumes that th- this person who's mad at their mom, like, walked their mom over to the computer and was like, I wrote this review because of you. <laughs> now look at this comment. <laughs> yeah, and now Greg is like, yeah, I'll back this. I'll back my boy up. <laughs> um, and then Tim comes in and is, is having none of this. Tim says, I'm sure your mom has done enough for you in your life that you can let it slide. Really? Seven dollars. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> well, who writes? I'm sorry. I don't know if my immediate reaction to, to my mom buying it on my account would be to review the movie bad. <laughs> yeah, give the movie a bad review and call out your mom. <laughs> Seven dollars poorer after this one. I'm going to the back I of the know. train. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, man. Yeah. This, this person doesn't even know what the movie's about. Yep. Didn't see it. His uh, mom did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Critics Corner. Now let's talk about the real children, which are the ones under the floorboards and in the bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was weird. I thought. I mean, oh my god, this is so horrible to think. I thought it was like child molestation. But then when they brought him into the like the little other compartment that he started like tinkering with, I was like, that is so much better. Like child labor is I prefer that so much more. <laughs> oh, thank God. It's just child labor. Just, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. These children need to get their work that, in. Mm-hmm. That was actually uh, I think my favorite part of the ending sequence was. Uh, he discovers the child under the floorboards, and you feel like Chris Evans might almost be considering sort of taking the reins of the train. Oh, yeah, Cause that, that's what I Because that is kind of what he wanted. Um, but he sees that he's literally using children as parts, yeah. and I thought it was actually like a really clever sort of writing-directing moment because he's reaching in for... First off, he he finally gives up his arm. Right. They, we get that payoff of... He, he gives up his arm for his cause mm-hmm. um, by blocking that gear and the child like doesn't even really notice him. And we, oh, and we get the payoff of the, the hand motion that the sort of right, like turning yeah. hand motion, like a piston. 
And uh, the other child crawls out from one of the bookshelf and he's like, hey, kid, like, don't go in the engine. Like, what are you doing? And the kid just ignores him <laughs> and wanders into the engine. And you're like, oh, that's it's poignant because my interpretation is obviously like um, the, the kids are indoctrinated into this system. And you get to a point where you're just comfortable, like, yeah. in your place in the system. That's what they want. And Parasite makes this uh, comparison, too with the the guy who lives in the basement who's like i'm down to live in the basement like i'm so thankful i'm so happy i get to live in the basement and and say thank you to mr park every night with the light bulbs um so this is that yeah i think that was this version of that which is like these kids are indoctrinated and they are like we will be a a literal cog in the machine Mm -hmm. um as long as we get to you know, continue living on the train being or even in the front of the train. Right. Um, you know, they're literally like lower than dirt. They're part of the machinery, but that's all they know. And so that's what they're going to be. So I thought that was actually probably the best, like most poignant part of the ending was, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is like how it really works. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I also yeah. really like that. The solution to this horrible class system was like, we just got to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what we got to do. Tear it down. We can't. We can't make it even. We can't make everyone equal. So we just gotta destroy it. Yeah, and start something new. Yep. Um, I thought that last scene, not the last scene, but like leading up to it, where Kong Ho So uh, Kong Ho Sun's character, Kong Ho Song, I forgot his name. Yeah, Namgoom. Uh, Namgoom. Yeah, when you kind of see him like give up because they can't open I don't know what they can't close the front of the Wilbert's Wil Oh my god, I'm forgetting everything. Yeah, Wilford. Wilford. Uh yeah. they can't like so the whole plan was that they would burst that door open. They would lock themselves in Wilford's engine room thingy and then when everything was blown to bits, they would come out and they would be okay. That's what kind of what I assumed because that's their, they were trying to close the doors on all the rioters coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you kind of see him like realize he can't close the door. He's giving up and they come in for that top-down hug. Yeah, to save the children. Yeah, oh my God. That was so beautiful. I like let out a tear. It was really meaningful. Um, and then at the end I wrote, a family can be two dads, one Asian girl high on chrono, and their adopted black son. <laughs> <laughs> a family can be anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yeah. Even polar bears um, can make a good family, right, BB? Well, okay, <laughs> so this is another thing I texted John about. I, I got the ending, and this is what I mean when I say I get the ending. I get, like, you know, the system didn't work. It, you know, they even make a point. They murder, like, what, 60 or 70% of the people at the back of the train. 74. Just to, 74% just to cull the population so there aren't too many poor people and the rich people can continue living their rich people lives. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans is like, even if I'm in charge, like, this isn't a system I want to be in charge of. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's always going to be like this. So we have to make something new. So we blow up the train. Uh, that all makes sense. We save the children because I believe the children are our future. Mm-hmm. Um and that I was kind of shocked when the whole train starts like flipping out and spinning. And I'm like, oh, everyone on the train is yeah. going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the big problem. The big, big problem is they 
uh, crash just in the middle of the mountain range. It almost looked like the Alps. Um, and they get out of the train. They have those fur coats that they stole from all the drugged out people in the nightclub. Yeah. And they look up and they see a polar bear. And I texted John and I was like, John, do you know how vicious polar bears <laughs> yeah. are? They're done. Yeah. Like those, those things, they're apex predators. They eat whatever <laughs> they see. Uh, and so like, even though the ending of the movie is like life, life is returning to earth, right? Because they said in the beginning, all life was extinct. Now we know that's not true. There is r- real life out there. Yeah. Um, but like a polar bear, also polar bears don't live in the mountains. Small nitpick. That, that's my sin, that's my cinema sin for the night. Well, maybe they're new. I mean, maybe the... they're the evolution of polar bears. Yeah, yeah new yeah, polar now bears. That, now it's frozen over. They're just crawling everywhere. Yeah, they, they yeah. Can go polar anywhere. bears too. Polar bears too can go anywhere, and that's that's the great. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great part. I see where you're um, coming from with the polar bear thing, and I think as a joke, I was also laughing about that too. But I think it is purposeful for mm-hmm. it to be a polar bear. Because when you hear about global warming and the earth ending, you always yeah, think about polar ice caps and polar bears dying and stuff. Mm. So I think it's, it makes sense for it to be a polar bear. And I think it also gives us two potential ways to end this. People can look at it as either like, oh, they're fucked. Like <laughs> they went through all this and now they're going to die. And you know what? Maybe that's fine because maybe the earth can do without humans for a while. Mm-hmm. Or I see it as like, yes, they are alive and they were scared that they were the only ones alive. But then you see a polar bear and like, no, there is other life out there. Yeah. Things are surviving now. We mm-hmm. will survive. Yeah, I, really, I actually really like that interpretation because uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, polar bears sort of are the icons of, of global warming. And you always see the picture of them on a the little like ice mm, shelves yeah. and like yeah. starving. And now you see this big majestic one and it's like, oh, we're, you know. The, the the earth is returning to something yeah. better than it was before. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And they can go up mountains now. So Yeah, and they, <laughs> they have the rad new ability to climb mountains. Actually, John made a really good point um that uh polar bears are the mascot for Coke. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is all just a plot it was for a Coca-Cola. Spo- it was a sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved if they came out of the train and it was like a cartoon Coca-Cola polar bear <laughs> with like sunglasses and it like cracks open a bottle of Coke. <laughs> Could have survived. Merry Christmas, like, with you a filthy Coke. Yeah. What's up, guys? You want a Coca-Cola? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I think I think the ending would have been a little bit more effective if uh the train had maybe crashed in like a city or a town so we could get more of an idea of like, Oh, maybe they can survive and find shelter instead of just a mountain range where like, how's a five-year-old going to survive a mountain range? Well, they talked about um, how he looked out the window. He would see the same bridge every time. And he saw that airplane Mm. and how you could see sprinklings of like what might be people down there. That's why he was so shocked when he looked out there. Uh, oh, did he say it was... I thought it was just because he saw more of the plane than he yeah, usually Yeah, he said did. he saw more of the plane, and then he said he saw, like, dots. Mm, okay. Which is like, you could take that as animals, or you could take that as people. I saw dots. It's the polar bears. Well, they're, they're, dots, they're flying yeah. in planes. <laughs> I saw ants. The polar bears. There were ants crawling around the plane. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, a plane ants for ants? Ants survive. Um... But yeah, uh, so 
capitalism bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think Bong Joon Ho's trying to tell us something. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I think he might he might have some opinions about this whole thing. I don't think so. I don't know. I think he's indifferent. Yeah. I think you're just looking for political reasons in a movie. You should just enjoy the movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I I remember when movies didn't have to be about something. Yeah. You Did know, you see the shooty gun and the knife knives in there and the mm. yeah 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 they were really cool. Before we end this, I just want to say there's one thing that like stuck with me the whole time. It's been like sitting on my chest ever since it was uttered into existence. Okay. That first speech Tilda Swinton gives, and she's like, you are a shoe. It'd be stupid to put on a hat or on your head and stuff like that. But she, like, belts out Wilford's generous titty. Oh, yep. <laughs> I, I just can't stop thinking about that generous titty it's a guy. generous titty. <laughs> yeah. He's giving it. He's milking it. He's yeah. He's really out here. Yeah. I think everyone would be so much more down with capitalism if we described it as like the economy's generous titty. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are sucking on. He, that's the other thing. She said sucking on the generous titty. She didn't say like the generous teat, which is what I'm used to hearing. Yeah. She said titty. Yep. Titty. I bet. I bet that was all Tilda Swinton too. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a improv. It was an improv right there. The whole movie was improv yeah. for Tilda. It was none of it was in the script. Yeah. She just showed up and created her own character. Yeah, she wandered on set, <laughs> just wearing that outfit. <laughs> just said, just said stuff. And Bog Joe was like, "Okay, I yeah. guess this person's in the movie. I don't know who it is." <laughs> Damn, this white lady, crazy. We got to put her in. But yeah, that's that's what I wanted to end this on. I just wanted everyone to remember. To be grateful for Wilford's generous titty. titty. Yeah. Yes. And aren't we all? So um, we, since we, no one can do math, we should break down our rating. I'm going to double check my letterbox. So I oh, give yeah. A I think rating. my rating's actually changed. Oh. Oh, okay. That happens a lot on this yeah, podcast. It does. <laughs> um, I think I gave it four stars. Okay. Out of five, that is. Yeah. Should I go next? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I also give it four stars. Okay, uh, well, I I gave it three and a half. Boo <gasps> this man. Oh, I'm sorry. You know I'm what sorry, it is. everyone. You know what it is. It's because he actually hates Asian people. Oh, my God. Again. Oh, God. Kristen, no, don't out <laughs> me now. Not now. BB's everyone at him at, on Twitter, at Matt Beebe. It's at Matt S. Beebe, actually. At Matt Beebe is like a cricket player. Right. Matt S. Beebe. <laughs> Call mm. him out. Matt Beebe is a cricket uh, yeah. player. I gave it three and a half stars. I think this was also part, uh, I gave The Farewell four stars. So I was like, I didn't like this as much as The Farewell. Uh, and again, three and a half stars is a good rating. This is a good movie. Yeah, three and a half is good. Um, my, you know, my main criticism is the the action stuff, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, some of the weirdness with, with the sense of the ending that sort of went all over the place. Um, but yeah, no, otherwise saw it's another bong hit as they say on Letterboxd. Of course. Um, Take another hit of that bong. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ooh, comedy, 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 comedy. Yeah. And of course my, my review on Letterboxd just says Chris Evans slipped on a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that's everything. Uh, we should, I should say, I want to say, 
Uh, everyone watch Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh. Uh, Kristen is a compositor for Big Mouth. You that should support so her sweet. work. I didn't even know this. You're yeah. plugging me right now. <laughs> I'm plugging Kristen. She's a compl- at Chungus Fungus on Twitter. Big Mouth is wow. great. Watch Big Mouth. <laughs> Big Mouth is actually great. I so do. I, I like Big Mouth. Oh, thank yeah, you. Totally. Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, we're not all pedophiles. Oh, okay. Cool. Actually, yeah. let me restate that. None of us are pedophiles. <laughs> we're not all pedophiles. <laughs> there are some, obviously. Oh, um, I might be one. The hot. <laughs> I didn't say who they were. You can guess. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, and also if you're subscribed to the Boston Uprising YouTube channel, please unsubscribe. Um, In solidarity with Matt Beebe. Yes. Well, no, that was... John works for Boston Uprising. I work for no one currently. You're right. So unsubscribe Uh, to the Optic Gaming. Unsubscribe from Echo Fox. Echo Fox and Optic Gaming deserve the unsub. Yeah, Uh, that one. Yeah, get... Oh, this is... Great. No, I'm not. I am not officially saying unsubscribe from Optic Gaming. Um, I am. I yeah. have no affiliation. They they can say whatever they yeah. want. Yeah, Optic if you're Gaming is anyone's a f- word. Follow mine. Um, I unsubscribed so, recently. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Got him. True friend. Yeah. Uh, um, I was never subscribed, so that's how. <laughs> that's how true that's of how a friend. Tight this I friendship am. is. Yeah, this is like completely off the rails for the ending now. But I would say that like some of my work from Disney hasn't even been posted yet, so it's kind of like I never left. Mm. Um, (laughs) so eventually when I do get back to Disney after I'm allowed to leave my house and take freelance work again, uh, I'll just subscribe to, to, you you ever heard of Disney? Give them a, give them a like, give give them a follow. Realize we can't review Disney movies because you're biased. Um, baby, it's oh, true. I guess that's fair, but everything's Even though owned by Disney. So last last week we literally did review a Disney yeah, movie. But, you, but now you were working for Optic Gaming back then. That's true. At that point, <laughs> I was working for Optic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, until uh, this quarantine's going to go on for a while, so we're going to keep just doing whatever movie we want, unless something crazy comes to streaming. Like if they decide to just put Black Widow on Disney Portrait Plus or something. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's right. I do want to watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, so until next time, stay big, you beautiful boys and girls.